here's what I here's one of the things that I, I told you I had some questions for you. This is interesting because you know honestly in this show we don't do a lot of questions towards me, so I'm actually really I, I'm I'm excited and nervous at the same time. So yeah, let's 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 hear what you got there. Yeah, my first question for you is what are you wearing? <laughs> Mr. Harper. <laughs> Here we go. We're doing this. <laughs> What's going on, man? Uh, I'm sitting in a parking lot in San Rafael. Uh, are you waiting for your pusher? Is, is that what you're doing out there, or what's going on? <laughs> this is where I meet my pusher. <laughs> I'm on my way to my main pusher, which is Amoeba Music, actually. Oh, yeah, okay. Yes. Wait, so, wait, okay, so what you're going to do this show and then you're going to go and buy CDs? Yes. Ah, or eight yeah, tracks. Yeah, it's, it's a great day. <laughs> nice, nice. Is there anything particular you're looking for? Or you just like hunt around and just, and just buy stuff? So I do it different ways. This time I have a list that's three pages, well, three half pages long. So, yeah, I'm looking for a lot of stuff. So, uh, Gosh, I can't imagine you just like going up to someone who works there and say, I need these. Where are these? No, no, I would never do that. I like to look. And part of the fun is the looking. Yeah, yeah. There's, I, a lot of, there's a lot of disappointment, though, because I like my musical tastes tend to get more and more obscure. So uh, the stuff I'm looking for gets harder and harder to find. So when I do find it, it feels great. Uh, but then a lot of times I don't find it. Wow. I mean, so what, I mean, so how do you compile these lists, dude? I mean, like, I mean, you're just like, oh, you wake up one day, you're like, oh, I, I, I remember that one single from like that one album and I want to find that now. Uh, no, I use, um, allmusic.com. Uh-huh. Um, so they have, have you ever gone on all music? No, I have not. So it's kind of like a music database, and if you type, if you go to All Music and you do a search for, let's say, a band, um, let's use Jethro Tull as an example, uh, they will give you a, a overview of the band's biography, and then they have a discography. So it'll tell you, you know, all the albums. Uh, what year they came out, and then they rate them, and then they have user ratings. Mm-hmm. And then you, you can listen to samples as well, but it's usually like 30 seconds of a song. I don't really listen to the samples. What I do is, you know, bands that I know that I like, mm-hmm. um, I'll go on there, and then uh, they'll have links. You know, if you if you like this, you might want to check this out. So a lot of the music on this list I've never heard before. 
Wow. Um, and so I take a pretty big risk with it. Uh, and then sometimes I buy stuff that I just can't listen to and then I end up selling it back. So <laughs> a lot of it tends to be a waste of money, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of a fun process. So I, I can literally go onto that website and just find anything and everything Vanilla Ice has been on. Not just not just the Ninja Turtle soundtrack. Not just the Ninja Turtle soundtrack, you know, because Ninja Rap was probably one of the best, you know, uh, songs out there that no one heard of. Um, but I can do that and go to Amoeba and ask for Ninja Rap. I wonder if Vanilla Ice actually put pen to paper go ninja, go ninja, go ninja, go. Like, did he actually write that down or was he just like, you know, we should do this? No, you know, poetry like that, you got to write it down. <laughs> I mean, if so, I want that piece of paper. I bet they're auctioning at Sotheby's right now and it's going for 5.6 million or something. Because that is a work of genius, no doubt. Like, what belongs right here? Go ninja. <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah, Turtles in Time... <laughs> really you know an abomination and it, you know I'm surprised that somebody hasn't bought up all the copies of that film and destroyed them in a huge bonfire because I mean and look I like bad movies too that one is really hard to watch dude you know what this never fails dude I I love going to garage sales because I just like looking at people's like trash and they're like hey buy my trash I don't want it um but Turtles in Time will always be in their movie section, dude. Really? I I get I I've been like I think in the last like six seven months I've probably been to like five or six different you know garage sales and I'll always see a copy of Turtles in Time, dude. <laughs> you know it was a good idea at the time for us to buy this, but now we aren't finding ourselves watching Turtles in Time too much. <laughs> Which is crazy because when I see it, I go and get mad at the person selling it. Why are you selling this treasure? This is ridiculous. You know, I, I go into a big fight uh, with them. Yes, <laughs> as you should. That movie, I mean, it was made for you and me, essentially, right? I mean, it came out, I was a teenager, I think. Like, what, early 90s, right? I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. And I remember being pretty excited for it. I saw the first of the many Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies, and then I think I saw part two. And I don't know what it was, like Turtles in Time, just, I guess, when, you know, I probably saw the trailer and I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be awesome. You're going and back then, in time, Abraham Lincoln, you know, like, that's, yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, Bill and Ted's maybe had some influence on it or something, but... They should have um, did a crossover, like they might have landed somewhere together, you know, but... That might have actually been a better idea. <laughs> Didn't do that. <laughs> Instead, they made an atrocity. <laughs> no, but, um, uh, dude, you know, I was watching last night, which is awesome, was uh, they had a Karate Kid marathon. Ooh. Um, and the Karate Kid is probably one of my top, like, ten movies. Uh, yes. I, I loved it. I remember watching it in a drive-in theater. Uh, I, I remember just uh, – Watching the movie and have my dad yelling me, you know, telling me to shut up, you know, during the movie. I do remember that. <laughs> when you, you know, you, you, you were talking over the Karate Kid. It was, uh, you know, 
the all the all important scene that you know Banzai, Daniel, you know, Mr. Miyagi's drunk, you know, he's drunk right. there, and I started yelling Banzai just like Daniel Sun in there, and then he yelled at me, and you know, you, you always whenever you went to that movie, the drive-in, you put that weird contraption on the side of your of your car yeah, that never yeah. worked, and you had to move no. to another spot. Uh, to find a speaker that worked. Uh, but I had such fond memories of the drive-in theater. But it was just so weird because the first one was really good, right? The first Karate Kid was really good. Then you get to part two, and it's weird because – I don't know if you remember part two. But they, that's the one where he goes to Japan. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. But like in the beginning, you're watching it. You're like, wait, we just saw this. But it was like a recap. They do like a little recap. Of part one, like it's like a mini series, like oh, in last week's episode this happened, and I'm like, what the heck is this? Yeah, they probably should have just relied on the popularity of their film to assume people know what happened in the Karate Kid. Like it, yeah. it was a pretty big deal when that movie came out, right? Yeah. yeah. Mean, did you? But then did you like part two? What I like about part, I don't really remember part two very well, to be honest. Um, what I liked about it was Peter Cetera's song, <laughs> I Am the Man That Will Fight for Your Honor. Yeah, I am the hero. Because doesn't love, you know, a good Peter Cetera song. <laughs> yes, yeah. It is, it is an actual honest guilty pleasure of mine. I do like that song. I, as cheesy as it is, I like some cheese in, in my music tastes. And that's that's one of them. Did, honestly, did you just add right now Peter Cetera's "I'm the Man" onto that three-page list? No, I don't need to own it. <laughs> it comes on the radio enough. Still <laughs> is, uh, oh. I don't need to own it. I I own enough, you know, Phil Collins and other cheese uh, that I don't need to add. Oh no! So, so yeah, is Su Su Studio on the list? Of <laughs> <laughs> what do I have by Phil Collins? I have Phil Collins. I think I have serious hits live on tape. This may be the extent of what I own by Phil Collins. I do have a lot of Genesis though, and yeah, Genesis actually, you know. Genesis did like Invisible Touch, and it, there was a time in the '80s where it was like Phil Collins was releasing solo albums, and Genesis was releasing their albums with Phil Collins singing. And to me, that was like all Genesis was, right? Yeah. And and then I heard these faint rumblings, like, have you ever heard of Peter Gabriel's Genesis, or have you ever listened to that stuff? And I was like, no. Uh, and it, now I own probably, I don't know, five or six of those albums, as well as the early Peter Gabriel solo albums. It, it That was kind of a whole thing for me, was getting into progressive rock. I don't know if you listen to progressive rock at all, but... No, you know, um, it, it's weird. It's like, I, um, yeah, I grew up on, like, 90s hip-hop, right? And uh, when I remember it, as a kid... It, a lot of the 90s hip-hop, you know, my mom would hear it and say, what is this? And she would change the station and we go back to Easy Rock somewhere. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Uh, But, you know, she had a lot uh, – she had a huge collection of cassette tapes and she introduced me to a lot of like Earth, Wind & Fire and uh, she loved the stylistics and, you know, like, you know, that kind of stuff. And I remember um, – some funk and soul going on. Yeah, and one thing that was kind of, kind of, kind of uh, traumatizing was that you know my my father was like in the military, right? So he would like he would kind of send her these like 
these mixtapes. You know, I mean, we used to do that, right? You made a mixtape, you sent to someone that you loved, hey, I made this tape for you, you know. And so he would send these from abroad, you know, because uh, he'd be in a different country. And it'd be like, you know, it'd be like stylistics, and then it'd be like, you know, let's get it on. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> and you heard these. <laughs> I <laughs> did. not intended for everybody to hear. It was more like it's like so like disgusting but you know but no <laughs> sweet and disgusting at the same time but no yeah but that i mean a nice sentiment <laughs> no but uh no it, it was nice and the thing is like i so i was probably my music taste is like all over the place so well, you were in a punk band yeah in the 90s hip-hop yeah well, what was your band called again potty mouth we were called potty, potty mouth potty uh mouth. Yeah, we 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 sang or, or yelled, I guess. We yelled about how girls suck and how love sucks, you know. Um, I, I think I, at that moment I was having a rough time, you know, just dealing with love. Period, you know. And uh, so I, you know, of course, that's where a lot of the, you know, music is therapy for a lot of people. You know, you you hear some lyrics, you're like, oh, I've been there before, and uh, you know, you put it into like you know words and stuff. Probably same way Vanilla Ice did, Go Ninja Go. Go, obviously, <laughs> you know, but no, yeah, I, I and so I we sung a lot about that stuff, so that's why it's been all over the place, you know. It's like I love, I love punk, I love hip hop, I love R and B, nineties R and B, um, and you know, even eighties, you know, everything that you know we listen to now. Um, I mean, well, I, I guess I hate the music now. Now I don't really listen to a lot of contemporary music. There are a few bands I like. But so here's what I here's one of the things that I, I told you I had some questions for you. This is interesting because you know Anze in this show we don't do a lot of questions towards me, so I'm actually really I, I'm I'm excited and nervous at the same time. So yeah, let's 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 hear what you got there. Yeah, my first question for you is what are you wearing? <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I gotta get myself in the right mindset to know what I'm dealing with here. Are you in a bathrobe, Terry Clark bathrobe, or? Yeah, you know, I'm one of those guys who, uh, even though I don't have hair, I still wear a shower cap. <laughs> you know, uh, a bathrobe, which I stole from a Holiday Inn for like, like, yes. like the, the 90s. Well, and also, um, the shampoo that comes in the little bottles, I still use those. Uh, I'm using that right now. Uh, no, no, I just came back from the gym, so I'm like still in like gym clothes right now. So. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, now I, I can picture. Now I can picture you. Yeah. With sweat on your bald head. I hope some still some sweat there. No, no. When I go to the gym, I wear the neon pink uh, shirt and headband to match. Oh. Uh, and I play Let's Get Physical uh, on my. <laughs> <laughs> Another classic. <laughs> All right. So my first serious question for you. Okay. This is real. Okay. Because. When you, when I think of somebody who is a nerd, and your podcast has the name or the word nerd in it, right? Yeah. And actually, both of your podcasts have the word nerd in it. You are not like how do you, how is it that you have come to identify as a nerd? Because I don't really think of you as the quintessential nerd. Or maybe what does it mean to be a nerd? To you, I guess maybe what yeah. I'm wondering. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I think the definition of nerd has evolved. You know, right. um, when we were kids, like if you're called a nerd, it was a bad thing. 
Of course. You know, like, you know, it was like nerd. It was dork. You know, it's like, oh, why are you hanging out with nerds? I specifically remember being in elementary school and being called a nerd. And it could be for random things. It could be like, oh, you read comics. You're a nerd, you know. Um, I remember even as a freshman in high school, I remember uh, I went to private school. And so my mom would shop for like private school clothes. And then everything she bought me was like a size too small. So, oh my so my my pants were flooding. And Are I, you supposed to go the other direction? Like you assume your kid is gonna grow, so like I, buy something big. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. You know, I, it was it was weird. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was on sale. If you got like a size, <laughs> <laughs> it was a little too small, but it was five dollars off. So there you go. <laughs> well, yeah, it was like so. I, I you know I had people call me nerd when I was a you know when I was a freshman. I I specifically remember people saying like. You know, I remember overhearing someone say, like, ew, you're going to hang out with Dan after school? Why? He's such a nerd. And I remember hearing that. And it hurt. It hurt at that time. Um, yeah. But sophomore year, it changed. And I think I, I, I you know, I got – I bought my own clothes or, or whatever it was and I, I changed. But my – things I was into didn't change. It, it was still video games. It was still, um, you know, certain like movies that helped me. It was cartoons. It was like anime, um, stuff like that. So I still was into nerd things, but I didn't really call myself a nerd, but I was into nerdy things. Then it wasn't my, it was like it went, it was the whole package. It was like the look, the flooding pants. It was, he was into this stuff. And then when I got older, it, you know, as I progressed through high school, it changed. The definition of, uh, of nerd that I saw, it changed. Now, as we are, you know, nerd culture is totally different. I don't think we look at it as like, oh, that guy has like braces and glasses and like, you know, his voice is high. Every stereotypical thing you saw from the movie Revenge of the Nerds, I don't think that constituted as a, as a nerd now. Now it's just being a nerd is cool. I don't, I don't think it's a bad connotation any, anymore because – Comics are so big. Superheroes are so big. Things from the past, like retro things that are coming back. I just saw that, what, Rugrats is coming back? Um, <laughs> hey Arnold is coming back. I mean, it's only a matter of time before Ren and Stimpy comes back. And Daria? Ren and Stimpy never went away for me. I own the first two seasons on DVD. Yes, yeah, I, I just that's why I think it's it's changed. The connotation has changed, and I've had this question before because we were on uh, Nordy Nerd was on a, a TV show. We were on a local TV show, and the guy who hosts he'd known me for for quite a few years, and he was like, "Do you really consider yourself to be a nerd?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and he started to laugh. So I knew that he was looking at a different way of what nerd was compared to what I consider what nerd is, you know. Well, I think there's a couple things to unpack there. Number one, I think it's uh, I think it's great personally that things have come full circle where you want to be identified as a nerd. Mm-hmm. And I think there is something to be said for embracing what you like and just owning it, right? Right. Um, and the fact that uh, you know our culture has shifted to the point where that's something it's it says something that's good about you. You know, uh, I heard some of my, because I teach middle school, right? So some of my students were saying, you know, uh, oh, Rick and Morty, only smart people 
can understand Rick and Morty, or only smart people can watch Rick and Morty because if you're not smart, you won't get it. Hmm. So that there's like kind of this a shift in in saying it's okay to to be smart, right? And it's okay to to have good skills in in terms of working with computers. I, maybe the shift is that you know people realized if you are a nerd when you're younger and you're into these things, you end up getting good jobs. You know? <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> so. Maybe maybe there's a, a almost an evolutionary aspect to this where as time has gone on, people have seen the benefits to it and uh, you know gotten to the point where they say this is not a negative thing, this is a positive thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, look, I mean, look, look at what happens. Like, I mean, how many people watch The Big Bang Theory? You know, a lot. Yeah, it's one of the most popular shows on television. Right. So I think that like nerds are at are looked at a different light. I mean, people are interested. How many people go to Comic Con? How many people? You know, I mean, there's San Diego Comic Con, which is happening right now. I mean, 130,000 people try to get into that convention in that during that weekend. New York Comic Con, that's also like over 100,000. Denver Comic Con, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's like. People are just embracing it like, hey, I like comics. And, and I have to – I have to, I, I think a big reason for that is probably the superhero stuff. I mean how many Marvel films come out per year? I mean – Short answer is too many in my <laughs> opinion. But, uh, so here – OK. Here's another hair-splitting thing because if I really had to drill down into like what I am and vis-a-vis in some ways I think what you are – I would really call myself a geek. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Tell me. So, I and part of the genesis of this whole concept was I took the online test. <laughs> Nerd, geek, or dork? Oh, okay. I gotta take and that I, test. I gotta do that. Yeah, you should take it. I think you'd probably find that you're actually a geek. Okay. And you know, I know it's splitting hairs because there are some. There's a lot of similarities between those things. But, like, uh, I'm into more of, like, the pop culture references. Mm-hmm. And no, and apparently that's what more defines a geek, like, how much you know about things as opposed to having, like, the certain skills. And I guess for nerds it would be technological skills more than anything else that uh, defines them. So that's really, like... What, how I label myself, and in fact, on my my school computer, I have a little uh, uh, in 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 Zelda font. It says "I love geeks" on on the back of my laptop because I do. Because you know, I I love to talk to people about pop culture, music, TV shows, movies, books, comic books. I'm actually more into manga now than than comic books. I read a lot of manga. But when I was younger, I definitely was up on comics. But Marvel, man, I, I think they've just kind of blown things up. Like, uh, their movies, are there's too many of them, and they're they're not really that thrilling to watch, in my opinion. Well, I, well, I guess it, it depends. You know, honestly, that's actually, you know, what your definition of what a geek is. Like, if I look back to when people called people, you know, when I was in elementary school, people called you a nerd or they called you a geek. And, yeah, there definitely is a, a difference there. You know, I mean, I could specifically remember when people were like, oh, my God, the person always gets A's. He's such a geek, you know? 
or, or they know everything about this thing. They're such a geek. And that's like knowledge related, you know, I'm based, right? I mean, uh, but I, I don't know, I'm really curious now about taking that test. <laughs> so what, what what would dork be then? Like what would what, is that like clumsy? Dorks are, are the goofy ones. I think they rely more on humor. I, okay, the, the the easiest way to explain it, I think, is uh, take a look at Stranger Things. You got Dustin is like clearly the dork. He's you know like he's the you've watched Stranger Things. Right? Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, so he he fills that role of. And it has nothing to do with him not being smart. He still is smart, but he's just kind of, you know, he's got the lisp or whatever, and he just kind of makes the goofy comments, or sometimes he makes mistakes with things, and he's clumsy with his words or whatever. He, I think of as kind of the quintessential dork, Mm -hmm. which I was always told, what is a dork? Like like a hair on an elephant's butt or something, or (laughs) maybe that's a dude. Or dolphin penis. I don't, I don't <laughs> <laughs> when I was in elementary school, you'd call people these names like "you're a dude," and they'd be like, "Do you know what a dude is?" Ah, I remember those. Right? Yeah, those are great. Um, and then I don't know who the geek in that group would be, uh, but I, and who would, who the nerd would be? But clear, like Dustin's just kind of the clear dork. So I guess you know, in your posse of smart people that don't have a lot of friends and and uh play a lot of video games and watch cartoons all the time and are not into sports i I guess that's a huge part of it right is to not be that into sports yeah Uh, because you know the jocks are kind of like the anti-nerd right yeah or anti-nerd geek and dork then uh then yeah you, you can't really be into sports if you identify as one of those things which Ironically, I know you are in sports since you're, you know, number one Warriors fan. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you know, I and I think that started from when I was a kid. You know, I, I, I've i been a Giants fan since I was like, you know, six years old, you know, and then uh, I got really into basketball probably later than that um, when it was because of like the, you know, the Lakers. Uh, Matt Johnson was the first person, you know, basketball player I ever saw play. Uh, and then when he was gone and the team just changed, I started getting into like the Warriors. I mean, because they were kind of like the uh, the beat up team where it's like they were the underdogs all the time. They were terrible forever. And I kind of like went with their, you know, that's who you know I, I associate myself with now is, is the Warriors because of the many years of sad, depressing years, you know. Um, but well, they look pretty good there in the early nineties. They had a amazing team but just never won a championship yeah yeah like yeah yeah the i mean the three you know guys you know i think it was tim hardaway chris mullen mitch richmond and richmond got traded off and then that changed after that and, I, and because i was so into basketball at that time you know i started playing basketball and you know i was actually pretty decent at it and so it was kind of weird because it's like you know i was on the basketball teams and stuff in high school and all that stuff and so i don't know where where i would have been i was a guy whose pants flooded but i was on the basketball team it was like a weird combination uh yeah i guess that goes to show you know these labels uh don't really present the whole person right i mean i'm into sports to a degree i you know the world cup is my thing like i freak out about it and you know wake up 
ridiculous times to go watch matches, and but you know that's only every four years, so it, it's not a persistent thing in my life. And I I don't have cable. I haven't had cable for over ten years, so I don't have any access to you know watching uh, basketball, baseball, football, hockey, any of it on a regular basis. And don't I don't really miss it. Uh, you know if I'm Hanging out with my parents, they'll have a Warriors game on or a Cal game. They're big time Cal fans, and I'll watch it. But I just I don't really seek it out. But, but you, that's not to say that I don't care about sports at all. You yeah. know, like it's just funny how people say, "Oh, if you're a nerd, then you don't you're not into sports or you're not good at sports." It, it, these things are not always 100 percent true. I think it's really more how you present yourself and how you identify yourself. You know. Um, if sports is like a big deal to you and it's obvious to everybody, then you're going to get labeled as a jock or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can see that too. It's just a weird thing. I think especially I, it can go with like how big sports have become too. I mean like, and you can probably say that about like nerd culture. It's like, you know, in the eighties of like, you know, like when I used to watch the Lakers, a lot of those games weren't even live. I mean, they were like, they were taped and then you didn't know what happened until like later. Um, and the same thing with like comic books. I mean, like, you know, there are a bunch of comic book movies in the beginning, but no one really watched them. You know, they were, they were terrible, you know? They were really bad. Yeah. The first Spider-Man movies really, I mean, you probably can't even find a copy of it anywhere. It's really pretty terrible. Yeah. Or even like, I mean, what? The first Daredevil? I mean, Daredevil was that what was it Ben Affleck? I mean, no one Green Lantern with you know Ryan Reynolds. I mean, the fan, how many Fantastic <laughs> Fours have been out there? They were. I haven't seen Green Lantern, but just the extent to which he has gone to badmouth it in his in his Deadpool movies is pretty incredible. It must be pretty bad. But that, you know, Green Lantern is also kind of a bizarre superhero. Yeah, I mean, from what? what I know about him. I'm not a big DC guy. I'm honestly, I've always, you know, found myself liking Marvel more, with the exception of Batman. Everybody kind of likes Batman, but uh, yeah, Green. What is it like a like a interstellar police officer or something? I, I don't, you know, he's I mean, got some ring that can like do anything. I don't really. Get it, I know. You know? It's yeah. It doesn't it doesn't sound like cool at all? Um, it, I mean, that that shows like now, like you know, they tried it in the past, right? The 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 comic book movies in the past didn't work out, and then they started doing this like you know, I mean, uh, you have like the newer movies now. You know, you have like uh, you know Captain America and Thor and and you know Iron Man, and now it's like what? This is crazy. You know, now now that we're being flooded with these movies more people are getting into it because it's the cool thing to do and that's the same thing i thought with like sports it's like you know they didn't show basketball live you know now it's like you can watch if you want to watch your team no matter where you are in the world you could probably watch your team you know it is it doesn't matter you can subscribe to some service and you'll get your team you couldn't do that before i mean that's how big it is that there's actually a demand that if you're sitting in some random country that hey i want to watch my warriors while i'm sitting you know at in some random country at three in the morning, I could see them if I want to. Right. You know, I mean, it, I think it's just like now people are so into it. And that's the thing, same thing with nerd culture. And I'm sure when, you know, WonderCon never used to be, I mean, used to be up here, you know, um, you know, in the Bay area and, it, you know, but then it moved down South, 
you know, and now it's huge. And now SF is trying to get something back like that. And, and, it, and I mean, it's not doing too well. They moved to Oakland this year, but was still what called. Is, what is WonderCon? I don't even know what that is. WonderCon. WonderCon's another convention. It's a it's a pretty decent one. It's not it's not as big as Comic Con, but not not many are as big as Comic Con. But it was up here in the Bay Area. It was like up near you know San Francisco, uh, and for some reason it moved down south. And you know I think San Francisco probably regretted letting that convention go because it's pretty big. Um, and brought well, a lot I of gotta, I gotta think that per capita there's more nerds, geeks, and dorks in the Bay Area than in L.A. I would think so, too. I think After so. seven years of living there, that's my assessment of the population and demographics. There's there's more nerds. I don't know if, it, if you can entirely accredit it to Star Wars being a Bay Area thing, since George Lucas is from the Bay Area. I have to imagine that has something to do with it, because yeah. that has certainly generated quite a bit of nerddom, geekdom, and around here i think i well, i would think that i think that makes sense you know i mean let's, let's talk a little bit more about these marvel movies because i got something to say about them uh, okay tell me tell me why because okay, i i feel like uh, okay as a kid i grew up loving spider-man i loved the x-men i loved the avengers i read those comics right mm-hmm. and so i grew i was born in 76 i grew up primarily in the 80s and I feel like I am kind of within that target demographic of who they're looking at aiming their movies towards. Right. How do I know that? Because uh, in Black Panther, which I did enjoy, you know, one of the first scenes is in Oakland in the 1990s. And I was like, that's me. That's like where I grew up. I mean, I wasn't a black kid, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like... I could relate to, and I thought it was awesome that they did that. I was like, that's, that's really an interesting approach to telling this story. Yeah. So that being said, when those movies started to come out and I feel like the first real one that broke ground was the first X-Men, the Brian Singer X-Men movie. It was like, holy shit, this is really good. You know, Wolverine's in it and Rogue is in it and, Night or not Nightcrawler yet, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, all those characters that I loved in the comics were coming to life for real for the first time for right. me, you know. And then because they had like the cartoon, and the cartoon was all right, but it's different when it's live action and it's done well. And they had friggin', you know, Ian McClellan in it, right? Yeah, as yeah. Magneto. That's like a that's a big name, and and Andy Serkis as Toad. You know, it was like. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. And then X2 came out, and I was like, this is this is just as good, like a really decent sequel. And, you know, I enjoyed it. Like, I thought that they rushed the whole Phoenix thing. But whatever, they, they were going to tell it at some point. But then, like, X3, you got Brett Ratner, oh, yeah. the friggin' Rush Hour director, directing it. And it was just a piece of garbage. That movie was horrible. And, and I feel like for that franchise anyway, things started to go downhill. And then they just started making movie after movie after movie. Like, let's do the Wolverine origin story and let's do this, that, and the other thing. Like, this is too much. Like, the X-Men origins and let's go back to the 1960s and let's have James McAvoy in it. It was honestly like, I feel like they were just trying to cash in. Yeah, yeah. You got, like, first class. You got a bunch of, like, weird things. I, I know. And... and 
And then they still haven't had like I mean the Phoenix thing. I mean they have to hash that out. I mean they're gonna do that. And and I, I don't. I, I think I did see them talking about Storm having her own like story. I mean I but you know I loved the Wolverine series, like the stuff they did on just Wolverine. And well, like, I know you like Logan. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I like yeah. I mean the first Wolverine movie with him and. It's him and Sabretooth, right? Like, their whole background. So, uh, the thing that they screwed up in that, and Ryan Reynolds, again, calling attention to it, is you introduce a character like Deadpool, who's awesome and has a following and people love, and you you take away his mouth, first of all. I don't know why. Like, why does he not have a mouth? Mm -hmm. And then you kill him. Like, he doesn't even... Like, I think he died... Five minutes after being introduced, so he's worthless, and it's a complete like, why did you even do that kind of thing? I guess you're just trying to show how awesome Wolverine is, but it, that was a failure in my mind. Um, and then, so not to not to you know shift around too much, but I kind of feel like the same thing happened with the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I really yeah. the ones by Sam Raimi. I really liked the first one. I thought it was awesome. Tobey Maguire, great choice. He was, he was, he played Spider-Man, right? I yeah. think he did. Yeah, he did. And then, uh, part two, you got, uh, Alfred Molino in it, or Molina as Dr. Uh, uh, Octopus. Mm-hmm. Good choice. You know, you got Willem Dafoe in the first one, like really amazing acting and, and a good story, like, I've always liked that story of Spider-Man, like, his uncle dies, and he lives with his aunt, and he's just kind of an average kid who falls in love with a girl. Like, everybody can relate to that. And, well, a white kid, I guess, could relate to it, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're just trying to find, and that's part of Peter Parker's struggle is, like, how do I become popular, and how am I cool, and here I have this super cool superpower, but I can't have anyone know about it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but then Spider-Man 3 the cracks start to appear, you know, so I don't hate that movie. Like some people do. Some people hate it with a passion just because of the, you know, musical dance scene, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Like if you talk about Spider-Man three, they'll be like, Oh God, that movie with the whole dancing thing. Like it didn't bug me that much. Cause I just, I think Sam Raimi is funny. Like I've seen evil dead and evil dead two and army of darkness. And I know that he's got like a weird sense of humor and he likes to interject it into his movies. So I had no problem with that. But then, like, when they tried to do the whole reboot, and then this, a reboot again, and it's like, what are you trying to do with this except just exploit people that love Spider-Man and say, hey, you, kid that grew up in the 1980s, you're going to watch another Spider-Man movie because you're dumb enough to do it, and you're going to pay the money because you love Spider-Man that much. I just feel like that's what they're doing, and they're not, now I think they're trying to appeal to a whole new generation of fans but those fans are not ones that grew up with the comics at least not the ones that paid 50 cents for a comic as opposed to four dollars or whatever crazy price they pay now yeah it's crazy and that's the thing about I guess like the comic book industry Um, it's so confusing because there's different universes there's there's just different storylines and so that plays into the movie industry. It's like, oh, well, we can introduce this storyline. Well, this person died in this storyline. Well, in this one, they're alive. So it, it's confusing. You can bring people back from the dead, you know? It, well, 
it, it all seems to be in the service of making more millions of dollars. Yeah, for them, yeah. I mean, it, right? it's like it's like wrestling. You know, I mean, I don't know if you watched wrestling way back in the days of like Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and all that stuff. But of course I did. How many people had the oh, this is my retirement match. If I lose this, I'm retiring, and then they're back like in a month. Right. You know, they always Hulk Hogan just this is news. He just got reinstated into the WWE Hall of Fame. I mean, that guy wasn't even allowed in WWE because of racially insensitive comments he made. He was booted out of there. Is and that it, why he got booted out? Yeah, and now he's back. You know, well, I mean, he, I don't know if that had to do with the, the sex tape he had made that <laughs> but, you know, he was, you know, he was reinstated. And now it's a big news because it's big news a lot of wrestlers are against it. They're like, why is he coming back? I mean, especially in the, what in today's society, what's happening now, you're going to bring this guy back after he said all those hurtful and like hateful things, you know, um, people are going to come back. Deadpool died in that thing. He's going to come back, you know, in this story. And, and did you want, you watched infinity war, right? I did not. Oh, okay. So that, that's, that's part of my issue is like, I, the Avengers, honestly, so I liked Iron Man. I liked Iron Man Part 1 because I thought Robert Downey Jr. understood how to play Tony Stark so well. And you, you need a compelling persona, I think, mm-hmm, yeah. to make the movie interesting. Like, you can't just have the superhero, because when you have a mask on, there's no facial expression. I mean, I know they, sh- they have that cool shot of him inside the suit or whatever. But if you don't care about the person on their own, then you're not really going to care about the movie. Yeah. And so I, I liked Iron Man. I was okay with Iron Man 2. I think that's the one that had uh, Mickey Rourke in it. I think so. Oh and yeah, I love yeah. Him. He's great. Um, but then, like Thor. Okay, I like Natalie Portman. I think she's a great actress. I'm, I fell asleep during that movie. Like I could not. And I, I even studied mythology. That was like essentially my major in college. I was a religious studies major with an emphasis on mythology, and I took a class on Scandinavian myth. I actually know like who Loki and Odin are, and all that stuff, and Asgard, and whatever, but I could give a rat's ass about that movie. It was so boring to me. There was nothing happening. And so I didn't bother to see Thor 2. Everybody tells me I got to see Ragnarok. It's so good. And I'm sure it's fun. I'm sure they finally figured out. The the thing that I think Marvel is trying to figure out, like with Deadpool being as successful as as it is, is you need to have some, some kind of edginess to your movies and some humor and if you and it, and it can't be canned forced humor it actually has to kind of be something that feels natural and and attributed to that actual character otherwise these movies fall flat and the it, avengers movies you're assembling captain america who i think is incredibly boring as a hero he's uninteresting to me completely thor who's also uninteresting the hulk they've never really gotten right i think I mean, think of how many iterations that character's had, and probably the best one is still, you know, uh, Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. Nineteen eighties. <laughs> you know, I mean, Edward Norton—that was a piece of crap. Yeah. I mean, that 
Ang Lee directed or whatever was also with Eric Banner, however you say his name. Yeah. It was a piece of crap, except for the you know gigantic hulked out poodle. That was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. There's just something about those movies. I know that they have moments of excitement or whatever, and there's cool like choreography of all the action and violence and stuff. There's just no story that compels me. You know, like Civil War, I watched on a plane because I, I was on a plane for however many hours. And I could give a crap that Iron Man and Captain America were, like, angry at each other. I didn't, it did not matter to me at all. I don't even know who Bucky is. Like, <laughs> what, what the, you know, Winter Soul, like, I don't know what this stuff even means. I, I guess I'm not, the, I'm not as much of a nerd in in that department as you know, as other people, clearly. Yeah, no, I see, I agree. I think when when you have, like, a movie, a marvelous hit, your character has to have, um, I guess that has to has a direction, has to have a direction. Captain America, I believe, too, also, was incredibly boring. Like, I, like I watched, you know, I watched, you know, the first, you know, movie. The only thing that interested me was the female lead actor. I was like... Uh-huh. I thought she was awesome, and you know she's an agent of Shield. I mean, she, you know that was awesome. I thought that was interesting. But him has his motivations and what he was fighting for. I was like, I couldn't get into it. It wasn't funny. And like, I I tend to go towards a character who makes jokes. I mean, like Thor. You know, he was okay in part one, but has his his character developed? He was really funny. Ragnarok was funny. But I think my favorite out of like all those people, yeah, I mean the Hulk was bad. And, you know, Mark Ruffalo has the wink has the Hulk now. I, I don't get it. But Iron Man, you know, he I feel like Robert Downey really is stark. You could totally see him being that guy. Like, you know, cocky and like, you know, I'm this rich guy who can buy whatever he wants. And then he, he gets this moment, this aha moment, you know, almost dies. And he, and then my, my weapons are the cause for all this death and destruction all over the world. And he gets this moment. And I'm like, okay, I, I got to do, I got to do something about it. Yeah, I, I you like know that. Why he's doing what he's doing. Why is Thor doing what he's doing? I don't know. Is what is it like? Loki came to Earth, and so he's like wreaking havoc, and he's got to like, rein his brother in. But I don't even know. Like, I don't think they did enough to show what's the backstory between those brothers, because Loki and, and Thor are brothers, I think. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure what that happened between them. Why that? Why Thor even feels responsible or whatever? Yeah, you know, I just I don't really feel like they develop that enough. It's just like he shows up and who's this guy and what he's got this hammer or whatever. Was <laughs> he gonna but, fix something? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna put nails into <laughs> the board. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but you know, I for example, like like if you saw. Like, I think, like, Thor's a major character, right? He's, like, a, a huge character. Iron Man's a huge character. And you have, like, the side Avengers. But I feel like their stories are much more interesting, and I like them a lot more. You know, like, Doctor Strange, I liked him. You know, I think I, – well, I love Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, whatever that guy's in, I'll, like, watch whatever that guy's in. He could be right. he could be selling a Swiffer. I'd be like, oh, this is good. I got to get <laughs> – I got to get the Swiffer. But um, I don't know if you saw any of the Ant-Mans. Like, I love – Paul Rudd, like whatever that guy's in, like I'll watch it. I mean, he's great in Clueless, you know. Um, I love you, man. Uh, you know, Forty Year Old Virgin, you know. Uh, this is Forty. You know, anything that that guy's in, I'm like, 
he's good. So I knew that him as Ant-Man, I'm like, oh, I don't really know much about Ant-Man. I got to check it out. And he brings that same sense of humor that he has in like every other movie into this character. Uh, it's not as big budget as the other guys are, as Thor is, as, you know, Iron Man. But it's the jokes per like minute are crazy. Um, yeah, I, I I am also a big Paul Rudd fan, big time, and I love all those same movies that you just listed off. Four Year Old Virgin, This Is Forty, Clueless. You know, I mean, it's fun as kind of a throwback or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I Love You, Man is actually the movie that was responsible for getting me into Rush, so I thank them for that because yeah. I. Yeah. I do love Rush, um, but I did not see Ant Man. You should. And you should see that man. No, I, people have told me that, and you know, I gotta say that my resistance to seeing it is really more about Marvel than it is about Paul Rudd. I, you know, I've seen really crappy Paul Rudd movies. I can't think of their titles right now because he actually hasn't made that many. Because most of his movies are good. But I resisted seeing that because I was like, this is just another superhero movie. And I guess part of it is like, I don't want to be part of the whole, you know, mindless cash cashing in of, you know, another Marvel movie. I have to see it. Mm. Like I saw Black Panther because I was compelled by the almost national or maybe even international groundswell of support for you know a black superhero right right and still i think the highest grossing marvel film ever right i think i think so which is which is really (laughs) awesome like i i I thought that there was something really cool about that i still had some some issues with the film but all in all uh i really enjoyed it i i like the fact that they had strong female characters in it and strong uh black characters in it i don't like the fact that they still had you know, black people killing other black people, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, spoiler alert, sorry if you haven't seen it, but, um, uh, you know, it was, it was an interesting film. It had some nuance to it and it had some, uh, it was dealing with some really like big issues. Whereas I feel like a lot of these movies either don't really matter that much or they haven't put that much time and thought and effort into them, or it's just about the CGI like I, I mean, my honestly, my favorite superhero movie to date is Deadpool. Yeah. And I think the thing I like the most about it is that they finally were willing to take the gloves off and say, "Let's have some swearing. Let's show some boobs. You know, like mm-hmm. let's let's acknowledge that it's not all twelve-year-old boys going to see these movies. Like there are adults that want to go see these movies, and they want." It dealt with with adult themes. They want somebody who has a really dark sense of humor and, and will you know kill people in funny ways or whatever. I mean that movie is hilarious from moment one, even the opening credits. And part of it is that they they made fun of the genre, right? Yeah. Like the opening credits to Deadpool, like a villain with an accent or whatever, you know, uh, and a damsel in distress. That to me, they got it. Like they understood. You've seen so many of these movies that all of these tropes are just, you're going to expect them. And, you know, they're all there. They're all still there. But they're done in a way that just makes you laugh. And, yeah. and it was so refreshing to me. And I didn't, I, I knew who Deadpool was vaguely. Like, I actually read 
what is it, X-Force or whatever, or X-Factor, or I don't know. Uh, the, the group that Cable was in, and yeah. like the, the X-Men offshoot that, that Deadpool was like in that whole yeah. realm. I read a little bit of it, but I didn't know a ton about his character, except that he kind of looked like a ninja and had swords and guns. Yeah. But I didn't really know too much about him, but I like enough people told me, like, oh, have you seen Deadpool? And then I saw the millions of hats and shirts and, you know, trying to make the chimichangas or whatever merchandise and i was like and there must be something to this and so i didn't i don't even remember if i saw it in the theater or or maybe i just rented it or whatever but i was so found it so refreshing to watch a movie that actually like took those risks and made an actual adult superhero film and i feel like nobody else has really even done that again like deadpool 2 i guess and I thought that Suicide Squad would be like that, but it w- it turned out to be kind of another PG thirteen, you know, that's got some edgy stuff in it, but it wasn't really that edgy. So no, I don't I don't know if you saw it. I mean, I don't know if you've been paying attention to anything that's been happening at Comic Con, but there was you know you you're familiar with the Titans, right? Like you know Teen Titan Go, you know Teen Titans Go, you know that cartoon, and then the yeah yeah. So that whole group, right? I just saw, you know, my, my daughter loves Teen Titans Go, you know, the cartoon. And so, you know, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I watch it with her sometimes. It's hilarious, you know. And then, you know, Teen, Teen Titans Go has a movie coming out at the end of this year, I mean, this month. You know, it's a cartoon. But at Comic-Con, they released a trailer for a show that's just called Titans, right? And so I was like, huh, well, what is this? Is This is more of like, an, a, you know, an older you know, take on that group of Beast Boy and Robin and Starfire and Raven and Cyborg. So I'm like, oh, my daughter might like this. The very first scene of the trailer, it shows Robin, you know, the stereotypical, you know, the Grayson family. They're they're in the circus, right? And then his family dies and he's left behind. You know, he teams up with Batman. You know, Batman, you know, befriends him or whatever. They show Robin in the trailer. He's like, in this alley and he starts to get jumped by all these people, right? All these bad guys are like kicking his ass or whatever. And then they start mocking him and they're like, you know, Oh, where's Batman? Where's Batman? You know, you know, nothing (laughs) over this whole trailer. He looks right into the camera and he just goes, fuck Batman. And just kicking their ass blood everywhere. Heads are coming off. And I'm like, Holy shit. This is not a show that my daughter can watch. Right. No, and then, and then, like you know, Raven's in there, and I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she has this like evil, dark power, and she has like blood coming out of her eyes, and like things are exploding. And I'm like, oh my god, this is. Wow. And Beast Boy is like turning into a wolf and then eating a guy, and I'm like, oh man. <laughs> so, in, apparently, they got the message from the popularity of Deadpool. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like take the gloves off i know i'm sure i showed my daughter these like pictures of like you know oh look at starfire now oh look at raven she's like oh this is so cool and i'm like oh i should show this trailer i'm like oh shit she can't watch this show so like so you know what's interesting about that is of course because she's been watching teen titans go she's already primed to want to watch that yeah i yet and yet she's really she she shouldn't (laughs) and that 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 calls into question, you know, are, are these companies being responsible about how they market stuff and what they produce? But that's that's a whole different question. Yeah, I mean, but like a show like that, it's a different, would you watch a show like that? Like, I would – I mean, as I said, I'm not a big DC guy. 
But if it has that, I guess, you know, uh, I'd check out an episode of it to see if it's something I'm interested in. Yeah, I... I the fact that they're willing to, to kind of take it to that level would make me interested. Uh, you know, because that is what I really liked about, about Deadpool. And, uh, you know, I guess I'm just kind of bored with the PG or PG-13 superhero movie. Like, it just... I feel like there's always a like a threshold of what can happen in those movies or how serious they can get or how graphic they can get, I guess. I mean, uh, that they, they, a lot of them don't interest me. So, so it's like, uh, I laughed because, you know, if you watch it, I, I mean, I'll probably send you the trailer, but this Robin compared to Chris O'Donnell's Robin in, you know, oh. in, that, in that, I mean, totally different um different take on robin because i I know i I believe i mean he needs his own story he needs his own like i'm not just a sidekick guy you know in the in the tights i do this stuff and so i'm so curious i'm not that big of a dc fan either i mean superman from you know the movies growing up yes but not whatever's coming out now it's it's terrible and justice league was terrible and and how many different Batmans and I mean I don't know I'm just not into that Wonder Woman well that was great I, I mean I love you know Gal Gadot she, that was a great movie um, but uh, so I right hear I didn't I didn't watch it but uh, what okay I'll let you borrow that then dude that's one movie I can let you borrow then because we have it here but um, I I, it was the top grossing film of 2017 oh so yeah you did something right yeah, it's good but um I sorry I have to cut the it was awesome and it was a pleasure for me too Manuel so. You will hear Mr. Harper on here more frequently, um, and uh, I'm well. Stay tuned for it. This was an awesome episode. If you have any comments about what we uh, said in this episode, you can email at when a nerd starts over at gmail.com. And I do have a steady group of interesting people who email that and say interesting things about this show. So I'm curious to hear what they say about this one. Um, yeah, I look forward to to reading their comments too. I know I said some you know, controversial things and maybe piss some people off, but you know, pissing people off is, is the start to a dialogue. So, yeah. uh, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. As long as I'm not offending anyone, which I'm sure I did that too. Yeah. <laughs> but that's every day though. I mean, come uh, pretty much, <laughs> but thank that's you. My goal. Well, thank you, man. So, uh, I'll see you soon and, uh, you'll hear from Harper again. This is Dan on, uh, when a nurse starts over.